Welcome to In the Deep. I'm your host, Catherine Ingram. The following is excerpted from a session of Dharma Dialogues held in Lennox Head, Australia in August of 2017. It's called Love for the Living World. Also, please consider joining us for our live online sessions, which are now happening one weekend a month and scheduled over several time zones to accommodate you wherever you are. Years ago when I was living in Los Angeles and we had frequent fires there, I in fact knew a number of people who had lost their homes and it was a conversation that would go around in our circles about what if your house caught on fire, what would you be doing? So you always had in mind like what what are you going to grab if you're going to run? I was talking about it with one of my women friends and she said, well, of course I'd have to get my husband and my son in the car and the dogs and the rabbit. And and I said, what about the Picasso? Because my friend happened to have an original Picasso. She said, oh yeah, right, if if there's time. And I so loved that the rabbit made it on the list ahead of the Picasso. (laughs) I loved that. And it goes to something I read that recently that Einstein said, how the quality, even if you might love some inanimate, inanimate object, such as your car, or I love my iPad, um, that it would be different than how you would feel about a horse or any living thing. Because the truth is, I, I, I can say I love my iPad because I love using my iPad, but I have a very different feeling about this bush turkey who... who who <laughs> comes every morning to get fed, uh, the quality of the connection to a living creature, right? The, the quality of the love. It's very, very different. I know this, quite, this seems quite obvious, but somehow we don't always prioritize our, our life and our behavior in life according to that priority we get it's easy actually especially in a materialistic world to have a misplacement of that understanding that somehow objects can start to become more important unless you really analyze it and ask yourself what would you take if you're running out of the house and it's on fire Right. You take the living beings, probably. The rabbit gets to come even if the Picasso doesn't. It's an understanding and a reflection that is more and more, I would have to say, poignant in our time as we watch so much of the natural world disappearing as the extinctions are intensifying it's in a former time I might have said it's a very necessary understanding Um, and that would have been necessary for uh, 
survival or continuation. I would have said that, but now there's a poignancy to it. And that we just love, love those beings who are left for their own sake. Because I don't know that we're going to be able to save much of it. And we love it for the privilege of loving while it, they're still here, while we're still here. And we can see how our, our species has made this mistake, this, this mistake of this misplacement of priorities that we've basically extracted from the earth to the point of sheer exhaustion of the resources and of the beings of the species that we've made extinct. And... Um, That has been a, re- a misplacement of understanding of what was important. The stuff that we created, all the stuff, um, all the objects, all the testaments to our grand selves. Uh, and the trade-off has been the living world and the, and the species wherein so it's poignant and yet I find myself every day in more and more kind of in love with the little birds and the little I saw whales yesterday and just all of it just feels like oh the, the extraordinary privilege of it So all the more so for the ones in our lives, the people we love, right? The people we interact with, all the more so, all the more precious, all the more privileged we can feel in having this time together in a time when so much else is, we can see, I mean, certainly it's no, it's no surprise that our own lives are time-limited. We know that. Um, but that all of it is becoming extremely time-limited. These are things I think about a lot. I'm observing. I've always, you know, been a news junkie, I say. Um... And uh, the information is just roaring in, you know. So, sorry, it's a little bit of of a a sad beginning of a conversation, but it also goes to um, all that's left is love. You know, all that's left to do here is love as much and as best as you can and understand that uh, this is a time of you know huge changes going on on the planet Um, I'm just wondering whether it's true um, or what your opinion is 
that if we actually come into our true self, um, become more aware of what's true for us rather than this outside world that can be destructive is what you're saying, that we can't make a change individually but as a whole, as more, more of us become more aware of who we really are yeah. and our essence of being part of that love, which is what you're saying is everything. Yes. Um, I'd like to think that there's hope in that and as difficult as it is for us to come back to what is real, sometimes it's not so easy right. to be in that. Yes. Um, but in moving through that um, process or journey that we're on and trusting that the universe has put us where we need to be, um, isn't perhaps that the point that we need to come home to our awareness of who we are yeah. to make that difference happen? I think that coming home to the awareness of who we are is both the sanctuary for ourselves and the offering that that comes from that for its own sake, whatever the outcome, whatever the outcome might be. Mm-hmm. So to really, in a sense, uh, detach from the outcome in the hope, right? Mm-hmm. And just really sit in the center of your being and love as much as you can and celebrate as much as you can and see from that clear perspective whatever is going to come to be. If we look at the data, if we just look at the pure data of now and we see the trends that are happening, we are in for a lot of trouble here on this planet. It's happening already. We haven't yet started to feel it, but a lot of people are feeling it, millions and millions and millions of people. And as the, as the planet heats up, uh, there are going to be more and more crop failures, inevitably. There are now. There are actually big crop failures happening in Australia, happening in America, happening in all the so-called bread baskets. There are huge crop failures now because of the heat, and it's going to get hotter. And as that happens, more and more and more millions of people are affected, um, you know, with shortages of food and expensive food. And, and then there's a kind of cascade of problems that ensue, social pressures, wars, etc. And this is just sort of the beginning um, of this. This is not, we're not even, it's not even yet horrible for most of the Western world. Um, So what we have to, my feeling is, we have to find an inner resilience and an inner clarity and our own commitment to love in the face of whatever comes down and however long we have or like I just said a few minutes ago in any case each of our lives is time limited right we're 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 going to die um so to come to terms with our own personal exit and 
also to have some relationship to the understanding of what's going on for the masses as we're watching this unfold. It doesn't require things turning out a certain way. We can just come to that understanding no matter what. And it'll be easier for us and it'll be a a healing kind of offering to anyone else who's around us. I understand and I used to hope that there would be a wave of awakening on the planet such that we would change our ways in time, that we would, that we would save ourselves, right? I haven't seen that happening to the degree that it would have had to happen. It has happened a lot in my lifetime. It's been amazing how many people there are who are really tuning into the, let's call it the Dharma frequency, and who are really living lightly on the earth. Many, many people. Um, But the thrust and the forces of ignorance and greed are super strong and and are in control of most of the governments and the corporations. So they have the power. And at this point now, I think, no matter what we do, even if every single person became Christ-like by tomorrow, I don't think it's going to change the course of the destruction because the warming is more or less on its own. So that's why I'm I'm speaking about this this morning. I don't often speak about it. I hint at it now and again, but I don't usually hit it head on. Um, but it, it is it was coming up very strongly as we were sitting here and... The truth is I do consider this quite a bit. I feel that I'm living in a time that might be some of the last, it might be some of the last time for humans um, in history. It's possible. Can I just comment? Yes, sure. Um, A few times during your... I reply, I felt really strongly that, that that perhaps our awareness is our loss loss of awareness of how powerful love is. Yeah. And that I believe in my heart and my truth that that love can do anything. As as terrible as what you're painting this yes. situation, you yeah. know. And even maybe even losing the earth is not Right. The object. Right. Or losing our bodies is not the object. Right. There's something far greater than even our existence and that and that we can't even imagine that so great. Yeah. This is and for us to come back to ourselves and to our truth and to believe. Yeah. To to trust and believe in the universe. Yes. Yes. And believe in this power of love. Yes. I think that's how I would like to focus on the rest of my life. Yes, me too. I believe in that too. I, I find, I have a quote, in fact, on, on different of my uh, flyers and things, that, it's, that love is the only power that lasts. Yeah. 
it's the only real power there is that is truly a power, you know, and it's a beautiful power. And, and that is what I'm saying today, that that's what we have. That's what we have as our sanctuary. That's what we have as the gift that we offer. It's not a power that necessarily prevails in all circumstances, but it's a power in and of its own sake that is really incredible and and yeah it's where we take refuge but I also recommend whether it's about the individual life or if you're looking on it on a more planetary level that that one keeps connected to this very clear sense of what's important what what are the priorities because it's very easy to get lost about that in the cultures in which we live the the general understanding of the culture is not clear mm. is not a, it's not clear on the priorities at all it's backward mm. as i said the other night in byron bay um you know, people are celebrated, lauded, uh, you know, given awards who are, who are basically just raping the earth at high profit for themselves personally, you know. And, and it's unquestioned. I heard the defense minister here in Australia on the, on the uh, radio the other day. Yeah. Basically speaking about what a great industry it would be to get into the weapons industry here for Australia. Mm -hmm. How much money, how much jobs and money. And the interviewer wasn't even questioning the entire proposition. Basically, the interviewer was just questioning certain details about it, like... Well, you know, uh, we've got solar power coming up. Maybe we should put more research. You know, she wasn't even saying it in terms of let's do that instead. She was saying, I mean, instead of just the, from my point of view, the horrifying reaction of like, do you understand what weapons actually do? What they actually are for? <laughs> you know, like, do we need more killing on the planet? <laughs> you know, <laughs> do we need more wars, really? Um, you know, doesn't the U.S. have that covered? <laughs> you know, and so, you know, um, uh, that's what I mean is that the, the priorities, the, the actual entrainment, the indoctrination of the masses is such that when you say the word profit and industry and more jobs, no one blinks an eye when the thing that you're talking about are weapons of mass destruction. And so it's like we live in a time where you have to be so kind of radically brave and true in your own self, right? And stand, you know, against the tide in every possible way in your life, you know, um, and realize that you're not going to be in step with the mainstream, right? You're just not. And yet you are called upon in order to survive this in a sane way, to keep loving, to keep 
basically saying, okay, I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to love this living world and the beings in it, you know, um, uh, until my last breath and come what may, you know. But in, in any case, when one is not prone to denial in one's life and not, um, you know, willing to uh, be distracted from the truth of things, then what are you left with? You're left with falling back on your own, your own resources, your own internal place of sanctuary, right? And there is one. You know, there is, there is that place that you fall into that just says, okay, so be it. We got to live here. We got to interact. We, we, who are all privileged in this room, we got to do all kinds of fun things. And we continue to. And then each day becomes all the more precious when you have this understanding. You know, each, everything. I walk into the grocery stores and I'm just amazed, you know, <laughs> that, wow, we can just get any kind of food we want and hand over some paper <laughs> and, um, you know, and it's amazing, you know. We still live these incredibly privileged, amazing lives, you know, and I don't take any of it for granted. Just the other day, a friend passed away, as I told you the other day. And, you know, these days many friends are passing away. Yes. Uh, Me too. And some of them are not so old. Some of them are... Yeah. My friend who passed the other day was only 59. It doesn't seem so old, but, you know. Um, And somehow the inevitability of our demise, we would apply the same love as we're applying to the world. Yes. There's no difference. So you could say in in the 17th century, when you died, the world died. Yeah. As you die, the world is dying also for you. Yes, that's right. So whether it continues Mm. or not, or whether Mm. the species continues, the experience would be the same it's mm-hmm. just then the love is is coming because it's really the only thing the last thing to survive would be the love yes beautiful uh, yeah well i love i love your whole perspective on this it's beautiful it's nice beautiful, to share it. beautifully said <laughs> okay. um yeah and uh I, I mean i keep coming back to just the it's almost like you're doubling down on freedom, on love, on being like lion-hearted in the face of whatever, you know, just as humans have had to be throughout time. I mean, we've gotten a bit soft in our, you know, in our generations, in our few since like, say, World War II, you know, especially in our privileged cultures. We've gotten a bit soft. We've gotten, we've really kind of expected longevity and abundance and 
you know, have what we want, travel where we want, study what we want, you know, just do what anything we want. <laughs> and be entertained by the best entertainers on earth ever in history. Um, and, you know, that's how we've been living Right, it's been a grand old time. Yeah, grand old time. <laughs> <laughs> Time's up. <laughs> Party's over. <laughs> but, <laughs> but um, you know, but um, it isn't how most humans have lived in, yeah. on on this planet uh, in history. Um, mostly, they died young. Yeah. And they died in difficult ways, and pain was a very huge part of, of existence, not being managed by nice, you know, drugs to exit you out and so on. Um, you know, so humans have had to come to terms and be brave and be clear and let go and love anyway and keep carrying on and for so long you know and now it's our turn we're going to have a particular you know we have a particular um intensity to our moment here in history because we have been expecting longevity and we have actually even had a lot of longevity. I mean, I often reflect, both of my parents are alive right now. Mm. And I am older than most people who ever lived on this planet. I'm already older than they would have been as an average. And my parents are alive. I mean, that's incredible. You know, this would probably be one of the few times in history where that could be the truth. Um, so I'm hyper aware of the time that I live in and how we do expect, you know, the best of everything. And yet we may come crashing into a wall of, actually of extinction. And so it's what a time to be alive. What an amazing moment to be here, Right. Uh, to have kind of caught the last act when it was the best, you know? <laughs> so, you know, really incredible time to be here. And there's a way in which there's a certain, you know, when you really metabolize this information, and it's not easy, doesn't go down easily, but, you know, when it does finally get worked through, there's an incredible clarity and freedom, as I keep saying, that comes with it. It's amazing. And the few people I know, I'm in kind of conversation with a little support group around the world. The few people who, I, who I'm in marching in together arm in arm with this um, and who study the same data, there's a brightness in their beings. Um, that's kind of surprising, you know, kind of unexpected in a way. I get excited just being, yeah. being with this because it's like, it's so beautiful to when you're in service. Yes. And this catastrophe will bring us all to service. Yes, it will. And it will just bring us awake. Yes. Into the truth of this life, this earth, the needs that we have. Yeah. And the fact that we need each other as well. Yeah. But the comfort is taking us away from that. 
So it's exciting to think, oh, my God, this lifetime, I might just see everyone come out of their houses and wake up. Yeah. You, you, I think, I think, I think that's right to a great degree. I think that as things intensify, mm. we will have to coalesce as a world community to deal with it. Right. There well, won't, we cannot yeah. then afford to be having wars with each other. Especially if there's no, like, if the grids go down or something, then it just means that people can't live the life of distraction right. that we've been living yes. and convenience. So we'll actually be faced with having to like live on this earth with this water, yeah. this this land, yeah. you know, this local community. Who do I live next to? Yes. You know, it's, I think it's exciting and I think it'll be crazy because we're so under-resourced in, that, in those ways. Yeah. So it'll be, wow, amazing. But <laughs> Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. Well, one of the, another aspect that I think a lot about with regard to this is what I call Dharma resilience, you know, and that we need resilience on all kinds of levels um, in life. Um, but I, I have a feeling this kind of, and you're pointing to it as well, the, you know, the resilience of your own, your own clarity and your own you know, basic inner strength born of that clarity. It is it is like we're built to to be in community. We're built to actually support and be in yeah. service to each other. Yeah. And, and you know, you hear things like um during World War Two, um, you know, people in neighborhoods all over the United States, they were growing what were called victory gardens, right? But they were also in intense community and a lot of people reported Many, many people said that those were some of the happiest times of their life, even though there was a world war, so-called, and even though people, you know, young men were being killed, and it was horrible in many ways, but there was a way in which people felt a sense of belonging, people were living in high prioritization of what really matters. I know, and it's so painful to face it on your own, like, Mm because we're all so isolated, and to face that whole destruction of the planet and our whole species and everything. Everyone's in their little box watching their screen. It's right. madness, isn't it? Yeah. But we're not built for that sort of thing, but we yeah. are built for, like, community yes. supporting each other. Yes, so yes, It'll be amazing, I think. Yeah, yeah. It's going that direction too. You can feel it um, in all of the sort of more conscious communities, including this one. This one's an amazing one. There's a lot of talk about resilience here in Byron Bay and, and this area. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a very exciting time and obviously fraught with all kinds of difficulties, but this is life, you know, this is life here on planet Earth, you know, <laughs> so... So this conversation brings up for me my way of coping and even tuning into the news often and then at times it's like I just can't bear it. Yeah. It's just all the same. It's all killings. It's all negative. It's um, politicians. It's, yes, I've got my own kind of strategy. And in terms of climate, which really, really distresses me, I feel like, I mean, this last bit of the conversation, of the dialogue's kind of helping me because I feel, so I'm just kind of burying my head in the sand because that's the way I'm coping with it and just living my life. 
And is that a problem or that's, that's you know, because it, it's too devastating to focus on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, when you began today, it was like, oh, my God, let's just, <laughs> <laughs> let's just all shoot ourselves, you know. <laughs> it's hard to talk about it, you know, uh, with any kind of sort of, you know, bright and shiny uh, no, and I've heard your views before, so yes. that's not a surprise. Right. But it's it's you know some some way I just push it aside. Yeah, I think that with each of us, one has to be um, just true to yourself into how how much you can even stand to think about it at any given point. And um, but my my sense is that. The information is going to be flooding in, right? It's coming in. You'd have to be really more and more disconnected from the reality of your world um, as time goes forward with this um, to, to fully deny it, to fully live in complete ignoring of it. It's, it's going to get harder to do that because there are big consequences that are happening um so my strategy is to you know let it let in as much as i can and let that metabolize and then let in a bit more and let that metabolize and as it goes there are certain ways that it 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 unlocks you it starts to free you into an okayness like whereby you start to say wow Right, I'm gonna. I, can I, can I accept that? Mm. Right, and you really look at it, really feel into it. Can I accept that? And and if you ask that question in a very deep place, and if you see that the only alternative is to fight in a kind of futile way then the acceptance starts to come over you. Just like with hospice. Just like that. that You've seen people, you've known people perhaps, who fought and fought and fought and fought, right? But death came. And maybe before death came, they came to acceptance, right? I've said before, all of my Dharma friends have, every last one of them, Amazingly, every single last one of my friends, my personal friends who've been into the Dharma for their adult lives, have come to acceptance unless they died suddenly. But in terms of people who had illness, if they died suddenly, I don't know what their state of mind was at the last minute. But the ones I've known. um, And I feel that that was a process that happened. You know, the letting go like you know gets to a point where you just there's no other option you either go crazy and and go just mad inside or you go into acceptance and i think that's the same process with what's happening on the planet that it's still important to live our lives in as light a way as we can um and all that that's beautiful and can only help um, but again, you do it for, for its own sake, for the rightness of it, 
rather than for the attachment to the goal which may not come to be. This has been In the Deep. You can find the entire list of In the Deep podcasts at katherineingram.com, where you can also book a private session by phone or Skype and see my schedule of upcoming events, such as our spectacular retreat in Italy next October of 2018. If you're a regular listener, please consider making either a one-time or a recurring tax-deductible donation in any amount that is comfortable for you. Till next time.